Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by umccybercampus.com, your online university. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. Hey there, here we are on podcast number 76. Today, I'm focusing on the power of words. Words are power. We are as leaders, a person of influence. We are people who influence others to do something, to follow. We impact people with our words as well as our actions. Today, we're talking. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm talking to you. Go to hubaloopodcast.com. Give me a response. There's a place for comments. It's a two-way conversation. Here's a really good quote from Henry Nowen, a good writer, Christian priest. Words, words, words. Our society is full of words on billboards, on television screens, in newspapers, and books. With so many words around us, we quickly say, well, they're just words. Thus, Words have lost much of their power. Henry Nowen, N-O-U-W-E-N. That's from a book uh, that he's published. I got it from Kindle, Bread for the Journey, a day book of wisdom and faith. The power of words. Transformational leaders choose words carefully. When you say the words, you can't take them back. It's like the toothpaste that's out of the tube. It's not going back. We impact people. Sometimes there's permanent damage. So choose words carefully. We're transforming people positively, not negatively. In a column I wrote uh, many years ago to choral conductors about words, it was titled, Five Dumb Things Directors Say to Their Choirs. I pointed out that some of the customary things that directors say to choir are not only unnecessary, but they might be damaging and create confusion. Here's where leaders inherit things from other leaders and don't think about if it's right or wrong. We get to change it. So here's a summary. It was a longer article, but here's the five points and why it's important. Directors say, circle the note. They stop as a reason for that. But usually the choir misses the note or a nuance, misses an interval, there's something wrong. So the director says, circle that note. Well, there's already some stress about missing the note or, or the cue or, or the page turn. And so telling people to circle it without any meaning 
it's useless. The remedy, if they're singing too loud or missing an interval or singing a note too high, make the mark that informs them what to do about it. So if it's too high, little arrow that's lower. If they're missing a page turn, draw a little eyeglasses in there. Watch here. So a cue, we're, we're singing the cues when we're in performance. So a specific marking that informs us about what the danger is ahead. Not just something, hey, watch out here. Well, you get there, you forget, what was I supposed to do here? And that microsecond of confusion causes problems. Two, watch the director. Watch the director. Don't you think they already know that? So we're telling people to do something that they already know. That's really dumb. They know to watch the director, so give them a reason to watch the director. Here's an idea. Remedy this by watching yourself and see if you're giving people a reason to watch you. Are you engaging? Nonverbal communications are powerful, sometimes more powerful than the words and certainly more powerful than the words alone. When we sometimes ask choirs to speak the text, well, we're teaching them something wrong. We, the way we speak words is different than how we sing words. We form vowels and then we put the consonants in there and it's perceived as words. We don't really sing words. We sing vowels interrupted by consonants and they're perceived to be words. They have meaning. And so what we're doing is we're practicing bad enunciation, bad pronunciation, bad vowels, bad habits. We're perpetrating the fact that singers want to sing as they speak, which is wrong, which is wrong. So... Instead of doing that, create a process of awareness for getting the desired result that doesn't create a bad habit. And so we were going to do the vowels and put the consonants in there in rhythm. So if we're directing people to do something, think about what they're going to learn, what habit they're going to develop, and will we have to unlearn that habit later? And here's another one, number four. You're singing too loud. Well, compared to what? How loud is it? So we don't have a comparison. That was wrong. Wrong compared to what? You're going too fast. You're doing that wrong. Well, let's be specific. There's no point of reference here. The remedy. Try saying you're singing one dynamic level too loud is what, take it down one notch, one dynamic level. It's a specific fact and a specific action. We confuse people with our words. Let's give them, this is what I see, this is what I want. Specific fact, specific remedy. Five, why did you sing that wrong note? That's like saying, why did you do this? Where this is toxic. Uh, people are not intending to sing the wrong note, or so we use the word you, so we criticize them, and they set up this defensive posture. So we're, we're saying, you did this, it's it's a automatic, whoa, I'm defending myself. Remedy, point out the error, give some specific corrective actions. Stick to the facts, don't defame, don't criticize. Err on the side of giving grace. That there was no malice of intent. Very often we go and attack people for doing something that they thought they were doing correctly or they didn't have the full awareness of 
what they did wrong. They might know there was something wrong, but they might not know exactly what was wrong. So we are engaging people with words for positive results. We're influencing people with our words. So words build people up. Words tear them down. They build relationships. They, they, they damage relationships. Carefully chosen words facilitate effective communication. Although communication is fundamentally based on relationship, it's not really about talking. Words, however, are important. That's the front part of the message. Very specific words, but our inflection, our facial expression, it colors those words. If the words are wrong, it shuts down anything else. It puts a barrier. Choosing words is a primary leadership skill. The words are 7% of a message. They're an important front 7% that opens up the rest of the communication. Words cut through the noise of a busy world of media, networking events, sermons, children, meetings, whatever. Poorly chosen and badly placed words can produce the opposite of the intended result. Critical, thoughtless words can destroy or damage relationships. Too many words confuse and negate the message and create too much noise. The, the, the listener's confused. Not called a listener because the person has tuned out the noise. So the receiver, I didn't call them a listener, the receiver shuts you out. They're not receiving, they're not listening. We confuse with too many words. Words without actions expose a fake. Words with follow-through expose lack of integrity. Make sure there's an action item with your words. Make sure you're giving clear, complete directions and you follow through. Negative expletives. Oh, man. It You need to have 37 good things to say to counteract that one negative one. It's huge. The ratio is huge. Carefully and thoughtfully chosen words build effective relationships and fortify healthy teams. A leader's words can, here's a list of things. I'll just read them in order. They can show caring, provide affirmation and support, give support when refinement is needed, show kindness rather than criticism, define a mentoring relationship, invite creative thinking, energize and empower teams, build respect, create pathways for communications, build a culture of collaboration, allow for individual thinking, create consensus culture, promoting individual best thinking, allow for individual best practices and discourage groupthink. Promote a culture of best practices. Allow for a spirit of continuous improvement. Before you open your mouth, before you open your mouth, think. Oh, by the way, silence as a punctuation can be very, very effective as a communication tool. This is Hugh Ballou. 
Think about words. Think about words. Think about your position of influence and how important your words are to those people whom you lead. Love your comments at hubaloopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful for you today. This podcast has been sponsored by umccybercampus.com. It's your gateway to online Christian leadership development. umccybercampus.com. Go and check it out. It's incredible the resources they have available. umccybercampus.com. You'll be glad you went there. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.